I thank you all for having me this morning. I love this church. I love what you're all doing and your vision, how you're going outside. You're, you're, you're trying to make an impact in your community. Um, I've known some of you all here for quite a while. Kelsey really kind of broke me into the ministry. Um, he played a very influential role in my life, and I still look up to him today, and I catch his Bible studies on Wednesday nights when I can. Um, so, so, so many of you all mean something special to me in your own way, and I, I just love how we get together, and, and we want to lift up the name of Jesus and let him be the center of the service. And when, when he's lifted up, everything else works itself out. The Bible says, he said, when I'm lifted up, that I'll draw all men into me. So that's what I want to do here today is give him all the glory for, number one, just saving my life, reaching down into a pit of hell that I was walking in in addiction. And he's pulled me out of that pit, and he's gave me a new life and gave me a purpose. And he's gave me something that I, I money couldn't buy, nothing like that could buy. And it's my peace and my joy and my happiness. And if you have your Bibles today, turn to Isaiah 43. I'm going to back up one and really start in 18 today. It's going to be 18 through 21. I said 19, so that's my fault, but it's just two little sentences in 18. It says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. We can't worship the ashes of yesterday's fire. I know God moved great in the 70s. I know we had a big revival at the turn of the 1900s. I know all these things, and I honor those things, but let's get ready for a new day. God is still alive, amen? amen. And what he done then, he's going to do now. I know that. So he says, don't remember the former things, don't consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. And I kept reading this verse, and it says, Behold, I will do a new thing. It doesn't say, Behold, Jared will do a new thing. It doesn't say, Behold, Michael's going to do a new thing. It says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Amen. Now, it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, and the owls, because I will provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. I don't know about you all, but I'm glad I'm one of his people today. Amen. The people I formed for myself that they may proclaim whose praise? To God. And today I want to talk about on a new thing, a new day, and how we're going to achieve this. Number one, as I just read those few verses, it took a lot of pressure off of me because he said it two or three times that I will, I will, I will. I will provide the provision. <laughs> I will take the taste of alcohol out of your mouth. And give you a taste of righteousness. I can't boast in anything I've done. There's no peacocks in heaven strutting around saying, look at me. Because we're all sinners saved by grace. And he is the one who made the change in you. Amen. All we did is like, as he talked about, I will. We said, okay, Lord, I'm available. 
So I'm going to challenge you today. If you're not where you want to be, how available have you made yourself to God? Right? How? And when, you know, when we get down to the rubber of East the Road, are we Sunday morning Christians or are we like real Christians that's available Monday, Tuesday to drive that bus out there or Wednesday to come sweep the floor or Thursday when you need to minister to the ones up the street? How available are you? Because he says, I'm going to provide all these things. I'm going to give you your drink. I'm going to provide water in your wasteland for you to declare my praises. So... We need to make ourselves more available than we already have. And what's crazy is I didn't come here today to put more on you. I think the secret to be a Christian is to finding out how to find that rest that he's promised. In Hebrews 4.11, we have a promise to rest in his finished work. Matter of fact, Noah means rest. The name Noah in Hebrew means rest. Noah was not lazy by any means. That man hit more than nails and hammers and wood and pitch and tar. He worked and worked nonstop, but he was able to rest in the promises of God. You can be uh, do a great work for the Lord, but yet find rest in what you're doing if you're walking in the purpose that God has for your life. I want to do a new thing. But I don't want to go do a heart transplant tomorrow at Pikeville Medical Center at 9 a.m. Because that would not be something God has put on my heart to do. Sometimes we're trying to do something we've not been called to do. Like I really would love to have been up here singing with you all, but church would have been over. I can't do what I'm not called to do. So sometimes we get caught up in a comparison thing. And we find we're real tired and we're overworked. But what we really are is not in the call or the will that God has for our lives. Search your heart and pray about what God has for you. And I, like Jared's got all these things going on, like for real. But he's like restful now and he smiles more now and he's happy more now because I finally feel like he's truly walking in what God has had for him all along. Amen. I don't believe Noah complained as he built the ark because I believe he was resting in the promises of God. That's how you can build something and still preach repent. The storm's coming at the same time. So once you understand what God has for you, then it's time to get to work and do what he's called you to do. See, I don't care if you're 8 or 10 or 12 or if you're 75 or 80 or whatever you might be here today, I think God has something new for you to do. I really believe that our best days are in front of us. I hope I'm preaching to somebody that's going to believe that their best days are in front of them. Like, I don't know any of y'all that's saying, I can't wait to get to the nursing home. Or, like, I'm ready to live. Amen. Like, like, I'm ready for my best days to truly be in front of me. A new day, a new thing, a new relationship, a new ministry, a, a, a new promotion at 
your job that you didn't even apply for the promotion, but you wasn't even qualified to get it. But yet somehow they called your name and said, come in, the job is yours. That's what the favor of God is. That's a newness that I'm talking about. A new sense of peace, a new sense of joy. I want that for you, a new day. I want to talk about something, how you know if it's, if it's for God, from God, if this newness is for you. Number one, if you can do it in your own strength, it probably ain't from God. <laughs> if you can achieve it without depending on God, it's probably your dream and not God's vision for your life. He loves somehow to make us become uncomfortable and totally depend on him. <laughs> like he doesn't, I, doesn't, I don't need God to fix coffee in the morning, but I need God if I'm going to step out and do something great. He knows, you know what you can do in your own strength. We know what we can do. But when it's something of God, it's going to take only God, and then God can get the credit for that only. See, God wants to do something so great in your life that they can't say, boy, look at Michael Clark. They can say, only God could have made that happen. Amen. Only God could have made this happen. Look around what you all have done in a few years. Only God's going to take credit for it. God will not share his glory with no man. See, God wants to put you in a place where, you, where, where you're scared, where you're fearful, and where you're totally dependent upon Him. And when I say scared and fearful, I'm not talking about being afraid. There's a good fear also. Like if a bear runs in that door, I'm going to get afraid and I'm going to run because sometimes fear saves your life. I'm not talking about the spirit of fear. I'm talking about He wants you to say, Lord, how am I going to do this? I've been there really the last five years of my life. And as I move through this pretty quick, really the last four or five months of my life, like, I know God's wanting me to do something, but like I can't do it without him at all. Like I'll get into the, some things. I can't do make this work without God. And God's saying, good, Michael, you can't take the credit for it when it happens. Because <laughs> we're good about trying to take a little credit for things. Amen. Every now and then we like pats on the back so we can say, look at me. But when God's putting something on your heart, you're going to know there's no way you can achieve it without him. Amen. And that's where I've been at for a little while now. It's scary, it's frightful, it's challenging, but there's something about it that it energizes your spirit. It's easy to wake up in the morning. It's easy to, when you go to bed, you're thinking about it. When you wake up, you're thinking about it. Wake up in the middle of the night, you're thinking it's a burning desire to be on or on mission for God. There's nothing more powerful, more peaceful, more joyful, all these emotions into one to know you're really walking or about to step out in faith to do what God has called you to do. Amen. Some of the most miserable people in the world that I know are Christians that don't have their purpose. That's not walking in mission. That's not... In, in, in alignment for, for what God has for them. Because, you know, you really don't fit in with the world because you're too godly and you, you don't fit in here because everybody else is smiling and happy and having a good time and they're, they're walking in their car and you're just sitting there miserable. Right? It's because you're not walking in what God has for you. But I believe today is a new day now for someone. And I 
can't tell you what God has for you. Only he can. You've got to pray about that. You've got to, you've got to ask God what he has for you in, in the last five years of my life or the last 10 years of my life or some of you children the next 70 years of my life. You're not too young to know what God has for you now. So if you can do it in your own strength, it probably isn't from God. Now, I want to say this and make this clear. God is doing a new thing through me or through you. But God is the same yesterday, today, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, forever, as he always been. God doesn't change. So although God is maybe doing a new thing in me, that don't mean that he's not done it before. See, there was a long time ago, you can read around the first uh, few chapters of Acts, there was another guy kind of like me. His name was the Apostle Paul. And he had a pretty bad record. And he even he may have been a little worse. He even killed a few Christians. Now, I did some bad things, but I haven't killed any Christians that I know of. But he totally changed their life and transformed them on Damascus Road. And he went out and he preached the gospel and the churches were born. Actually, he planted churches all through the minor Asia area, uh, Ephesus, Corinth, all these churches, the church in Galatia, all these churches were formed and came about by a man that, 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 that Christian, we would have avoided that man. And that's kind of the way I am here today. Like, you all wouldn't have wanted to be around me five years ago. You would have avoided me. And I couldn't have blamed you for it. So God is doing a new thing in me, but he's not doing a new thing totally. What we try to do is just get into the flow of the, or the river of what God's already been doing for years and years. See, we've made it difficult on ourselves. Man is good about putting rules and traditions and all this that make his word of no effect. But when we get down to the basics of the gospel, what God is trying to do through us and with us is something that the early church was doing 2,000 years ago, that Moses was doing thousands of years before that. It was to be a witness and to bring him glory. Amen? I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm just, I just we, we've just been fighting upstream and the river called God take us to where we want to be. But it's not sounded right to us. It's not felt right to us. So we've been going the opposite way of where God's wanting to take us. So today I'm telling you, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just need to sit down and know he's the captain of the ship. It's new to us, but it's not something that's going to surprise God. What he's wanting to do in some of your lives is something he's been doing since the beginning of time. In John 4, he took a, a Samaritan lady to carry the gospel. Really, the first evangelist in the Bible was in John 4. And it shook the religious people to the core. Number one, how could he use a dog, a Samaritan? Number two, how could he let a woman tell me about him? Let a woman go out and speak about him? How could he do all these things? And maybe he's used some of you all today to break out of some religious dogma that you may have grown up in or been a part of. And you think, well, God, like you feel like you're the only one God's put this pressure on and he's never done this before. But he's used a woman in John 4, 2,000 years ago to break religious traditions and the bondage of religion to go out and preach the gospel to a bunch of 
dogs back down in Samaria. And maybe he's done that with you, but he's already done it before. He's not like trying to come up with a plan. He's just needing a willing vessel to submit themselves unto the authority of God. He's never used perfect people to preach the gospel. As I go down the line of disciples that he made, I can't find much good in any of them before they met Jesus. How much good was in you before you met Jesus? I don't want to... There ain't no statute of limitations in Kentucky, and we have a judge here. So I'm not telling you all that I've done. But there was no good in me before I met Jesus. And I'm going to give you a news flash. There wasn't much good in you either before you met Jesus. That's why it's not hard for me to praise Him. It's not hard for me to thank Him for saving my soul. It's not hard for me to get excited and come to the house of God and to serve Him. Because I know where I was headed. Without the shadow of a doubt, I didn't, know, I didn't need a preacher one to tell me I was bad. Trust me, I knowed I was bad. I thank God for His amazing grace and that His mercy endureth forever. I thank God that this isn't the first time He's used someone with a bad past to preach the gospel. Because then I could say, boy, God, you sure needed me. He's always used people with broken backgrounds and used them greatly. See, I don't know where you come from today. I don't know if you've been brought up in church, you've been bound with religion. I don't know if you may have been like me and you, you've come from a place of addiction or, or whatever your hurts and your habits and your hang-ups might be. But as I look out over this beautiful congregation, I see no halos or wings. So I know everybody brought a little mess and junk in with them. And you know how God has restored you and he's been faithful to you time and time again. So this new thing and this new day, God says, I will do a new thing. And sometimes I got to say, Lord, I don't know what you're doing. I just want to be a part of it. Amen. He does not have to get my... Me and God don't sit down and go over the blueprints together. He doesn't say, uh, do you think that? He says, I'm going to do a new thing. Can't you see it? And I say, okay, Lord, let me in. It's really about that simple. I'm going to trust you, Lord, that you've always been a good father to me. And even though it might hurt, this new thing, even though I don't even know where I'm going, I don't even know how I'm going to build it, I don't even know how we're going to open it. I don't even know what it means. I don't even know what it looks like. If you want to do a new thing, use me. Because he's never been looking for your ability anyway. It was just your availability. So as I said before, if stuff isn't going right in your life, now I know we got the amens on Sundays and the smile. We know how to play the church. But I'm talking about in your life for real. If it ain't where you want it to be, how available have you made yourself to God lately? How much do you really pray and ask Him? Well, that's, you know, not me. 
How much do we study his word and see? He speaks to you through his word. You question that with your relationship with God. That's not for me to point down at you and say, do better. You already know. I don't need to, you know. And maybe you're right where you want to be. Praise God, hallelujah. I mean that. I'll gleam off you now and you help me get to right where I need to be. God says, I will do a new thing. I will make a road in the wilderness. I will give water in the desert. I, I, I. God says, I am calling you into a new thing, into a new day, into a new place. But God is a gentleman. He is a man that will not drag you. If you don't want to do the new thing, he'll move on to somebody else that wants to be a part of it. And that's just the way it is. He does not meet, need Michael Clark to do this new thing. But he says, I'm going to do it. Are you part of it? He says, I'm going to provide. Do you trust me? That's tough, isn't it? He says, I'm going to do all these things. Will you just get on board and believe? It's easy now, like, like you all have been successful here. Let's, let's give God glory for that. A spirit of settlement or to settle will come upon you. And God's saying there's so much more. Amen. Matter of fact, he says, I'll do exceedingly and abundantly more than the smartest mind in here can think, ask, or imagine according to the spirit that worketh in us. That's why I'm telling each and every one of you that this new thing is going to be better than you could ever have imagined. Are you going to be a part of it? Are you available? Are you ready to step out and let the Lord begin His greatest work in you today? I'm still believing God as a healer. I'm going to believe Kelsey will get out of that thing. And if he don't, his grace will still be sufficient for him to keep going like he's going. I'm going to keep believing that God is a provider. Even when the economy, you can't get people to work, I'm going to still believe that his, his economy isn't affected by our ignorance on earth. I'm going to believe that God's still a Savior when the world looks more lost and lost than it's ever been I'm going to still keep believing that he will provide water he will provide manna that he didn't even let Israel when they were out there and they didn't know where food was coming from they had manna in the morning and manna in the evening fresh provision every day I'm believing that God is still a God of the new day and this new day is going to begin inside of somebody here today and I'm praying with everything inside of me that you're saying that's me I've been stuck down I've been bogged down I see everybody else moving I see everybody else being blessed but I'm wanting to align my heart up with God's and let him do this new thing inside of me I'm ready to walk out into my path of destiny into the greatest day that I've ever had and I'm believing with all my heart that he will provide everything that I need for the vision or the dream that's inside of me he will not give you the vision if he don't already have the 
the provision. He will not tell you to do something and get you out there and cut his grace off and leave you there to fail. That's not the God that I know. That's not the Jesus that I fell in love with. I'm telling you, his greatest day, his biggest moments are upon us. And I believe well, everything in me is starting in some of us right here, right now, a new day now. Forget those things which are behind you. Forget those things behind you and press on. Press forward to the mark and the high calling. I know you had a great, uh, the 90s was great, or what, but I'm saying focus on what's in front of you. Let's think about what we're pushing towards. Let's believe in where greatest days are in front of us and not behind us. He says you'll live, you'll live in homes you didn't build. You'll drink from wells you didn't dig. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. He says you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you. You're the head and not the tail. You're more than a conqueror through him who loved you all these things are promises of God and all his promises are yes and amen will you make yourself available to die and step out and see the new thing that God has for your life I'm excited I'm energized I'm believing in greatness Pike County shall be saved Letcher County shall be saved Harlan County shall be saved we don't need more programs we need God to pour his favor out on us and just get into the flow of what he's wanting to do amen amen Now, all that sounds good for me to preach it. But every now and then, God says, Michael, are you going to walk it? I've been an evangelist. Um, well, since I came out of prison, I started evangelizing. Um, I've been very successful at that. But God has been dealing with me and my wife, on us doing a new thing. And we haven't really told a lot of people. Actually, here in just a moment, we're going to tell the world. But he's putting a burden on my heart for the people of Letcher County. It's where I worked. It's where I've helped many, many people get out of jail, into rehab, and I know this is what God's called me to do because there's no way I can do it in my strength. <laughs> I know this has got to be a God thing because I can't take credit for none of it. <laughs> I bring nothing to the table. But I am available. And I am willing for the Lord to use me to be honest with you, I, it's never been about my good looks or my scripture quoting ability. I just went. I just went. For the last five years of my life, God, I started that in the homeless shelter. I've just went. I went to shelters. I went to jails all over this state. I went not knowing if I had the gas money to get home. They'd call in Georgia, I'd go preach. And they might be 10, but I just went. I'd go to Indiana, I'd go to Ohio. I'd go anywhere that they called. 
and said, do you want to come share your story or, or preach? I just went, yes, Lord. I was just so happy to be saved. I was just so happy to not be on drugs no more. Like, I was just happy to be out of that mess. I just remembered where God had brought, and I was just so happy. I just went. That's all God needs you. Just go. He'll give you the words. Jeremiah said, I can't speak. He said, you can speak. I formed them lips. <laughs> Moses said, I, I mumble. He said, that's okay. I formed them too. Just go. So I just went. For five years, I just went. Don't despise small beginnings. And when I went, Boy, I had a car. Y'all should have seen it. My God, it didn't have a front bumper, back bumper, heater, air. <laughs> when he saved me, he did a little old Saturn iron. I anointed it every week with oil, about two quarts. <laughs> but I just went. If I didn't sell a few T-shirts that morning, I didn't know if I'd have the gas to get to where I was preaching. As God is my witness. I just went. I said I, pray, I, I, I fasted a lot then. And it was because I didn't have money to eat. All these pictures y'all see on now, them nice meals, that wasn't that way with me a few years ago. A baloney in the cooler and a Mountain Dew. But I just went. I just went. So I know if God's calling you to it, the devil's telling you you're not qualified. I know where that's at. But I just went. A few months ago, I got married, and my calling ain't necessarily Wendy's calling, and she said, we win enough. <laughs> now let's set up shop and change the town. So we started praying about opening a church. Praying, believing, Wendy's like, we got to settle down. At first, I'm fighting it, and like, no, we got to go harder. But as Jared says, you can't tell the difference between your, the Lord's voice and, and your wife's. So hers started overriding what I was saying. <laughs> and I started seeing what she was saying. And I said, yeah, we, we need to open up a church. I was coming, I think I took somebody to rehab, and I stopped by the music store, and I walk in, and Jared said, hey, man, I, I was at a meeting a, a couple weeks ago. Have you been thinking, have you thought about starting a church? I said, what, man? This dude's got my phone, what? It? I said, yeah. We've been praying about starting a church. In the last four, five, or six months, it's been slow, and I've had to be quiet. And that's hard for me both ways. <laughs> but Jared has been an influence in my life. This church is playing a big part in my life and this vision and this mission. I can't do it without God, and I can't do it without God's people. But I tell you what, if it, 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 it's going to go and it's going to happen, and God's going to get all the glory for this. God is going to get all the glory for this. So, Jared, come on up. Wendy, come up. I eventually have to walk out what I preached. And we're going to walk out our vision from God together 
through many prayers. And I'm believing that we're going to change Letcher County and Whitesburg through God and his amazing grace and his mercy. Here's what's been on my heart, y'all. Last week, uh, I think my exact words were, I just felt in my heart God had a, uh, it was time for a new beginning uh, in this community, that God was going to do a new thing in this region, um, and it was time for a new era for the gospel in eastern Kentucky. And some of the things that, sometimes God puts things on our heart, and you think, that's crazy, right? But then I get to go around, and I meet people like Michael, and, and I get to meet people like we've been meeting in Lexington, and all these people that are completely separated and didn't know each other. But see, the body of Christ is a pretty amazing thing, <laughs> right? I, I used to, when I worked at SOAR, we were trying to get all these organizations and counties and people and, and trying to get them to work together. And we were trying to lead them and show them the direction to go. See, the body of Christ is different. Like, you don't even have to know each other because the Holy Spirit's inside of every one of us. Right? And he started these people all the way in Lexington. Just, like, for three years, their hearts, like, burdened for the mountains of Kentucky. All right? And so, and, and people, God works through people in circumstances. Every day in your life, he's going to work through people in circumstances. And, and, and so I leave SOAR and I start having these conversations with the people from Southland. And I see kind of what, I see what their heart is. And, and the first person when they said, we, we, we just got a heart for Eastern Kentucky and church plants and new churches. And do you have anybody, would you want to help lead that? Would you want to be a part of helping put that together? And I'm looking back at my life and what God has done in my circumstances and people, and I'm like, I think this is probably why he told me to leave. I didn't know where I was going or what I was going into, but this is probably it. And the first person on my heart was Michael. God said, Michael Clark. Michael Clark is like, I, I got him right where I want him is what God told me. And, um, and, and so I bumped into him, and I just mentioned, like, hey, you ever thought about Starting church, and then there was the meeting at South, and where I was sitting there, and they said, uh, "We would not be having this meeting if you had, if you were still at Soar. There will be a moment when you go, right, when you step out, that you don't know what's happening, and there will be the confirmation. There will be the moments that the Holy Spirit is working, and and you realize, oh man, oh man, God is at work right now in this moment." And in this place, and there's a real movement, there's a real thing happening, and it's not just me, it's not a figment of my imagination, I love the verse, he can do immeasurably more, right, because, man, I got a big imagination, they all know it, they're like overwhelmed sometimes with all these things Jared's coming up with and thinking about and dreaming about, but then I go to that verse, I'm like, wait, he can do more than that, right, he does more than that. Whitesburg, I mean, when we stepped out and started this little new expression of God, right, he said it's not a new thing, but it was a new thing for us, a new thing for this town. God does this all the time. You better believe this place is different. Okay, there's people in this room that their lives are different because of what God did through people in this place. 
new churches, reach new people. They revitalize existing churches. They transform towns. If you want to see Whitesburg today, like you better go see it today. Are you getting what I'm saying? Like it's going to be totally different. God is getting ready to change that place. Like we are on the front end of something special right here. We have to believe him. We're going to partner with Michael. We're going to believe in him. We're going to do all we can to mentor him, coach him, help him. Uh, he's coaching me and mentoring me. We're, we're in this thing together. We're just people going. All right, we're just planting and watering. We're just planting and watering. Paul said, hey, I just planted, Paul's watered. Like, God, God's doing the growing. He's, he's changing the hearts. So today what we're going to do, I think we got a, a logo just to give you an idea. This is what's on, on their heart. It's going to be called Rooted Church. And um, I want you all to begin thinking about that word. And, and maybe, Michael, if you got just a second to talk about that name and, and why God put that on your heart. And then, and then we're going to sing the blessing. All right. We're, we're going to sing over Michael and Wendy. And, and we're going to know that, that God has gone before them. All right, that this is going to be uh, their children, their children's children, generations in Whitesburg is going to be different because of what God is doing. Uh, and we're going to sing over them, then we're going to pray over them, okay? We're going to let them go down there, we'll sing this song, and then we're just going to invite anybody in the church who wants to come up, and we're going to pray over them and just send them. You know, uh, I preached about it last week, I think it's Acts 13. When the Holy Spirit came and said, Paul and Barnabas, you need to be set aside before Paul went on his first missionary trip. They came together and they prayed over them and sent them. We're going to resend these two. This is a big day. It's a good day to be here. Anybody agree about that? Good day to be here. All right, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Uh, Michael, share a little bit about Rooted Church. Just real quick. You can use this mic. To me, there's nothing like being rooted in the rock. There's nothing like being plugged into the source. If you look back over your life and all the storms that's come and moved you from side to side, sicknesses and death and job loss and hurt, I believe everybody's got a testimony on how I wouldn't have made it if I hadn't have been rooted. If I had not have stood on the promises of God, I wouldn't be here today. And to me, what I want for my church, the church in general, is to be rooted in Jesus Christ. I can think of nothing, no great. I want my children rooted in Jesus Christ. I want, I want me and my wife, before anything, to stay rooted in Jesus Christ. I want this church to be rooted in Jesus Christ. Stay rooted in the firm foundation. Stay rooted. Stay attached to that source. Stay plugged into the well that never runs dry. And you'll be just fine. You'll make it just fine. And that's what I have. That's my mission. That's my heart cry. Is for us to just be rooted together. One body. One body. Baptist, Pentecostals, Methodist, Presbyterian. Be rooted together with one mind and one accord to do the work that God has set out for us to do. Amen. We're rooted in Christ.
step down there. We're just going to sing. And we'll all know we I want the entire church to stand with us. Let's sing over. As we sing these words, just pray about what God's getting ready to do in Wattsburg and uh, over Michael and Wendy. And we're going to sing this and we're going to invite everybody that wants to. We'll have them stand right here in front of the stage and we're going to come and just pray over them in just a moment. Y'all can sit there, stand there. Oh, 
just anybody feels comfortable, anybody feel just coming, let's lay hands on Michael and Wendy. Brian, I, I love you being right there, man. Won't you just lead us in this? As we just, oh man, God is moving, I know it. There's power in this moment, in this time, and in this place. You see what God's telling me to tell you right now is you feel like God's not using your life. And this is what you are a part of. God is using your life in this moment and in this place. Dismiss this service. And we want everybody who didn't get a chance just to come by and be able to talk to them. Hug their necks. Give them your blessings. As we get ready to move into this new era, I want you to be praying for the people of Weisberg. You might know somebody in Weisberg. You might have family in Weisberg. That might, they never gone to church. I love Michael's testimony. You know, he grew up in Harlan County. You know what he said? He never heard the gospel until he was in prison. People had invited him to church, but he had never heard the gospel until he was in prison. So today, we're just going to want you to come up and know in your heart that this place is going to be different, that this is just starting. And God is doing a new thing. He is not us. It's him. God, we thank you for your presence here in this service. We thank you for the prayers that are still going. We thank you for Michael and Wendy. God, we're going to believe in the power of your Holy Spirit to bring your people together, to change places and lives and communities and families and to use people that are completely broken to do amazing things. God, we ask all of this, not in the power of New Beginnings, not in the power of Southland, not in the power of Michael, not in the power of Jared, but in the power of Jesus Christ, because we know the power is in his name, and so it's in his name we pray, amen, amen, we're going to turn some music on, we invite you to...
come.